0: The skies are gonna clear up put on a happy face Brush Welcome
1: the to, to the Barefoot Lunch podcast This time we're meeting with Nick Johnston whose favorite singer is Tony Bennett who's uh, put on a happy face has led us in today and we'll be our, you'll hear the complete music at the end of this podcast Nick I've known since the early 2000s when I met him on his birthday in February, and he interviewed me for a job as a manager at Wall Street Associates and changed my life forever. Nick is uh, from the UK. He spent several years in Asia as a successful entrepreneur, and to my mind, he's one of the best business leaders I've had the opportunity to know, and he's also, as you'll hear in this podcast, an exceptionally Deep and thoughtful individual. He's now the chairman and investor of several companies, and he lives with his family in the UK. In this episode, we're going to talk about Viktor Frankl, we'll talk about self talk and how that can expand and limit a person, we'll talk a little bit about spirituality, we dive into Nick and his grandparents, uh, his move back to the UK as well as the future of recruitment and his newest investments into the world of AI so let's dive into a barefoot lunch with Nick Johnston
0: Think of banana splits and licorice and you feel fine I knew a
1: good day I'm so here with me. Nick Johnston good morning in your part of the world. Good evening in mine. How are you?
2: I'm great, thank you. Yeah, it's a beautiful day here. It's frost on the ground, but blue skies. So yeah, it's nice. Good to be alive.
1: Where in the world are you exactly?
2: I'm in Stanford, Lincolnshire. It's around 90 miles north of London. Okay. It's a thousand population, small town. Yeah, beautiful. Georgian yeah. buildings, great place to live.
1: How far is that from where you, because uh, you grew up in Grantham, right?
2: Yeah, so it's about 20 miles from where I was born, Grantham, Lincolnshire.
1: Okay. And how are the gingerbreads yeah. doing this season?
2: Very bad. They're um the football team's bottom of the table, but we won the uh cup game on Saturday. Okay. We've not won a game at home all year. So um uh, and my mate, a school friend who I go and watch with, he says I don't think we've ever seen a game where we won. But besides <laughs> that, they're really, really great, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's it's entertaining to go out and watch.
2: Yeah, it's um, character building. I think. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, so I'll start us off with some uh, questions. I always ask three questions, and I'll start us off with them instead of ending with them. What's one book you recommend everybody should read?
2: Um, one book I read a few months ago. I sort of read it and I sort of listened to it um, at the same time. It was, the, um, uh, was it Man's Search for Meaning? The Victor Frankel. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I read it the, this year. Uh, so- oh, you did?
1: Yeah, first time.
2: Uh, oh wow. So um, yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's sort of the universe always talks to you in different ways, doesn't it? Some, you hear someone mention it, and then look, before you know it, it's, it's mentioned like three times that week by different random people.
1: Yeah.
2: So yeah, I, I read that, and I sort of read an audio read it. Listen to it this year then um do you want to talk about it
1: sure <laughs> i it. what 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 was your insights what was your takeaway
2: from it um well i mean he was a guy who went to the concentration camp for three years hmm. then he had the option to um leave to the u.s this is what i'm remembering by the way yeah so he, he had the option to move to the u.s but he refused because he wanted to stay with his parents so he went to the concentration camp, and obviously survived. He was one of the few, very few who survived. Hmm. Then, um, but then you think he talked. To, it was the meaning of life, right? So maybe um, I'm 51. So you, you sort of think more about that this, these days. Yeah, certainly. Then I think he came up with there were three things that he sort of said: you can have, have a meaningful life if you're um, have a good job. Was it if you have a good job? If you you can find meaningful life in love, and you can find meaningful life in suffering, Mm. which is what um, happened to him, because he was like brutally treated, brutally, and then. um, But from the suffering, I think one of the things that kept him going was uh, he wanted to tell the story. Mm. You know, he tell the world. He wanna get through this because he had a meaning to being alive, because meaning was when this ends, like everything ends, right? The, Mm. generally things end, the weather, the worst storm in the world doesn't last forever. It will blow over one day and the sun will come out like here today. So what kept him going was he will tell the world what actually happened and use that experience to the good. Mm. Um, which is why he wrote that book. I think as soon as he left the concentration camp. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's very good.
1: It's. Uh, um, have you dived into the Stoics much?
2: I've not. I've heard of it, yeah. I, I'm really interested in that sort of arena of sort of like those sort of books, I think at the moment. Yeah. Because when I'm younger, I didn't. I, I never thought of that. I didn't, i didn't i was thinking of um maybe material success you know yep. that, that will be um that was sort of like um you know programmed however however you want to put it if i'm materially successful then everything will be fine mm. i'll be happy yeah then um but obviously it doesn't work like that. Well, not for me.
1: <laughs> well, you had a blessed life, and you did well in the with your companies. And but I, I I agree with you. I think you still have that that place where you can choose how you feel. You can go out. That's why I I, I love going and running in the rain. And then I go mm-hmm. into work in the morning, and people are oh, it's raining, and I just I'm, I'm just on top of the world because I've been out and i've chosen to be happy yeah and the rain hasn't necessarily made my decision i've made that decision and i think victor frankl was very he could find that little space within his mind that he could create that choice
2: yeah exactly right so even in the worst cases you can um you can look in the beauty right mm. so they were given like a fish head for dinner or something like that. It was like minuscule bit of, um, but he could find beauty in looking at anything. So, and I think it's a good lesson, isn't it? So my mind can um, catastrophize easily. So, you know, somebody, something could happen. Um, you know anything really? Oh, we're moving house, if something goes wrong. Oh, you know, that means we're not going to be in till Christmas. You know, my mind will go there straight away. The worst case, um, whereas the reality is 99.9% of the time doesn't happen,
1: yeah.
2: Um, and even the, even the so called bad things in your life, in my life, um, for example, um, you know, I've got an investment in Myanmar, yeah, then the first uh There's a military coup, so we spent all this time—not um, not me on the ground, but we spent a lot of time investing and developing the business. And then military coup. You know, they let out twenty thousand prisoners. They're all going crazy in mm. Yangon. And then, um, so you. But at the time, I was sort of thinking, and it's very difficult to think, um, be happy for this, be yep. be grateful. That this happened, you know, because it would go against everything. Right, my mind would say, "Oh no, that's a disaster! Poor me, poor our company." Hopefully, everyone's safe. But then, on the other hand, so we'll be grateful because something good will come out of this. It's very difficult to do. Yeah, uh, and something good came out of it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the moral of the story is something good came. What, what came out of uh, it?
2: Nice. Yeah, I think I think this is. But my, in my life, this is it. You know, the rain. You know, you're talking about running in the rain. You know, you, you don't get a rainbow without the rain. Yeah. You know, you could look at. You could say, "Oh, I got bloody soaking wet," and, or you could you can look at it in a different. You you know, look at life from a different angle. Yeah. So it's looking at life from a less self-centered point of view. Before I would, you know, I think three or four years ago, my life changed, where I started looking at life from um, left from myself. You know, looking from a selfish, I didn't know I was doing this, by the way, but, you know, looking from a selfish point of view, what's in it for me rather than, well, hold on, you know, the universe, uh, I believe is, looks after me. Hmm. I'm the one, of the problems in my head, <laughs> overthinking, you know, and all the rest of it. Yeah. If I just let things go a lot of the times, things are perfectly great in my life. Yeah. I don't need to worry about too many things. Yeah.
1: What? Uh, so what shifted in your life three years ago? What what caused that shift?
2: Um, I mean, I think it's like Viktor Frankl said, you know, it's normally uh, suffering. <laughs> so, but suffering not in a, um Not in a materialistic. So you know, you could say, um, materialistically, um, in the materialistic world, I did quite good. You could say that, um, but then in this sort of spiritual world, I felt I was like bankrupt. Mm. So, um, um, so yeah, some things happen, don't they? And then you, you sort of like, some things happen, you know, it can be like family stuff and it can be like, uh, you know, tragedies and things like that in your family that makes you wake up a little bit. Some event may happen, you know, where you sort of think, oh, hold on a minute is this what's, you get some sort of awakening where you think, okay, well, I'm leading my life like this and, you know, I don't feel happy. Mm. But doing the same stuff. Yeah. Like a pattern, isn't it? And you can't break out of the pattern. So normally it takes some event which makes you waken up. So a lot of people may get a cancer or something like that or whatever it is. Um, I didn't get cancer, but, you know, something happened where I, it made me sort of reassess my life then you know something to do with age as well isn't it I think you get a bit older and you start thinking people around you sort of more people start dying and (laughs) (laughs) or people you know we all look getting a bit older and um, all the rest of it so so it's it just anyway long story it made me start reassessing what makes me happy yeah what But then it's an inside job. One of my friends here, he's a very spiritual guy. Yeah. Uh, I love him. And then um, he says, you know, we spend all our life looking for the pot of gold and then we realize it's inside of us all Mm -hmm. along. We look externally for the stuff. Yeah. But then what makes you happy? External stuff or internal things? It's obviously internal things, isn't it? If you're not happy inside, um, it Doesn't matter what you've got, yeah, yeah, and it's an inside job,
1: yeah, and you know that kind of internal chatter that we have. You said something that I think is super important as well that about uh Viktor Frankl's book is that he wanted to tell the story, mm. and I think that's an important part that uh people miss that the storytelling is super important part of the, the myth of our life or what we're creating and how we tell the story because certain events can happen the same person and we can twist it to make it happy or sad. However you want to tell that story and that internal dialogue that we have with ourselves as well as the external one. It's just so important that, uh, and I think you're right. That probably did keep, uh, Frankel going through the camps and, and the downside to be able to share that his, uh, his tragedy with others, what was going on.
2: Yeah. Because I didn't realize you tell the story and then it's only recently I realized there's two voices in the head. You know, before, you know, I I thought I didn't realize, you know, I was learning about the ego and like the voice, the Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde sort of thing. I just thought I was my thoughts. This is me. Whereas to understand, and I now I get it that you know it's not there's another voice in my head who, um, you know, the Mr. Hyde, isn't it? The Mr. Hyde who's going, which is my ego, which is telling me, you know, I don't have enough, you don't have enough, or oh, you're less than, um, you're less than, so you need to get more than, I and mean, you need more stuff because you don't feel good about yourself, you're not good enough, right? Mm. So, I was sort of understood it a little bit but now it's a lot clearer in my mind that you know the, but then that voice is, is just a voice yep and then um by um and it'll be there always you know so so recognizing there's a voice saying uh, you need more because you're not good enough um it's it's good that i can recognize it now because i'm good enough yep. you know um, but i'm not too good we're all the same all right we all have different assets and all the rest of it, but well, fundamentally, we were all the same. Hello. Oh, I'll <laughs> <laughs> clean yeah. uh... okay, You can clean it tomorrow. The, um, yeah, so that's... Um, it was a awakening when I sort of realized these sort of things, yeah. So that's my truck thought there, yeah.
1: Did you... uh, Do you know uh, Sam Harris? Tell me which
2: one. Right.
1: he did he's got an app uh, a meditation app called waking up i'm going to do a review of it for one of uh, the podcasts but i'm um, he talks a lot about that uh the voice in your head and some of it it's just the meditation is to actually not to silence it we always think meditation is about silencing the voice but actually just to know it's there part of it yeah you just don't even know it's there
2: yeah, and it's it's um yeah, being it's, it's doing there. so the ego's because sometimes I, I think I may have been that guy or someone else. When you're saying about running,
1: yeah.
2: You know, when you run, well when I run, it's a great feeling, isn't it? Because you can um um well one you connect with the countryside and or well, here anyway, and then um <laughs> you can often like silence the, your thoughts a little bit. Yeah. But then I, what can happen when, and has happened to me, because I ran a marathon last week and then uh, I was training for it and I was running, then sometimes I would go into little sort of rabbit holes um, yeah. thinking about um, uh, moving house, for example, um, you know, um, getting, oh, I'm going to lose my money, I'm not going to have enough money and all the rest of it. So I have to sort of say to myself, um, um you will have enough. Oh, you know, financial insecurity, financial insecurity. So by by me recognizing the thought and actually saying it to myself, yeah. uh, I can stop the the voice because I've you know I've recognized it's there, you know. Whereas before I would just let that that thought go on and on and on. And then for days, you know, and then you can't sleep and then um, um you know sometimes you wake up at three in the morning starting thinking about stuff. I was saying to my mate recently about this I was saying no oh, I woke up and said I've oh, got the voice in my head you know was talking at 3 in the morning he was saying voice I've got a bloody committee going on in my head <laughs> what, yeah.
1: So if someone what advice would you give someone if they got their they got that uh, voice going on in their head and they want to quiet it down shut it up?
2: I think most of the time it's just uh, for me it's a it, it's a um recognition of um yeah, like I said, it's not. We are not our thoughts, are we? Mm. So you know, um, when you're born as a baby, you know, uh, you're born in a loving environment, aren't you? You know, you you know, you just for the first ten months, you're surrounded you, with people that love you. Uh, you don't. You're not having these thoughts. Yeah. You know. That, that I don't think the thoughts were there when I was born, um, and. I remember when I was about three, um, two or three, uh, my mum pushed me along in this pushchair. And then I was thinking to myself, wow, life is awesome. Because um, I was thinking, how many days is it to Christmas? And I thought, mm-hmm. it must be six months. I thought, it doesn't really matter because I don't do anything all day. It's bloody really great, isn't it? You know, I didn't have a worry in the world. Um, and my mum's pushing me around, don't even have to walk. Yeah. And then, um, then I'm, I don't need to worry about Christmas. Every day is Christmas because I didn't. I felt free with no concerns. Yeah. Um. So, I didn't. I didn't have a voice in the head then telling yeah. me, uh, you know, you need a better pushchair or you need um, a better brother <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. But then, over a period of time, the chatter, you know, again, I didn't realize it, and I'm sure a lot of people go through the lives. Never realizing it, but you know I do now you can realize that um that's the voice got louder you know, and as I got older, you know through my own circumstances you know you you um it, it's is is there all the time so by um meditating i mean here's beautiful there's seven churches within five minutes of where I walk to live wow i mean religious person, but the again one of my mates here was saying. I'll sit in the church, light a candle, and just have some peaceful time. Yeah, I thought, that's a good idea. And I ignored it for nine months. I just did, I walked by the churches every day. Yeah. And then one day I just, you know, because I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> I'll <obviously. laughs> uh, noticed one day- that
1: about you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, because I think probably, you know, I'm whatever. But, but now one day I thought, oh, maybe I'll go in there sat in there lit a candle 50 pence and then sat there oh wow that's great you know i did it and i enjoy it so i try and do it as much as i can now just get a little bit of peace
1: and they're built for that right that's what the these cathedrals are built for churches and
2: they are and that you you can feel the um the energy field there in there. yeah there's hundreds of years of like peacefulness and whatever they are, neurons, wherever they are inside there, that, you know, that there's, there's a reason why people are going there, yeah. yeah. Not just for religious reasons, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think that's one of the things I love about Japan uh, is I always, even in crowded Tokyo, the Japanese have been able to form these beautiful gardens and create those kind mm. of holy spaces just in the, in the middle of the city and they just, it's amazing uh, and you just walk in, and they're surrounded by trees, and it's just very quiet. And you're you're almost in nature in the middle of the city. It's incredible.
2: Uh, 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 right, and, and I'm not sure if it's an age thing. A lot of people in England they move to the coast when they're older. Okay. Uh, um, and I think it's because what makes sense is to me is um, you're closer to nature again, aren't you? I think yep. you get you're drawn to it somehow. You know, you know, I didn't come here because of the countryside. I just came here because I I felt it's the right thing to do. But there's something about the universe, or whatever it is, draws can draw people towards nature. As you get a bit older, you can appreciate it a little bit more, right?
1: How how was I wanted to ask you? One of the things was uh, because you had been in Asia since 1997, and you know, Hong Kong and Japan, then Singapore, and then went back. With an international family to to the UK, um, how was that? Did you have like a reverse culture shock? How did that uh, settling back uh, in, back home? How was that?
2: That was easy for me. Was it? Yeah, it was super easy. Yeah, for me, it was easier for me than probably my wife and kids. Yeah, not not really. No, I mean, just end up um, watching very bad TV. You know for. Um, like binging on crappy tv for about 3 <laughs> months. just watching programs that i've not watched for 23 years you know just sort of like obsessively watching something about some guy buying um, antiques and then um, selling them so <laughs> and, and it, was, it was lockdown as well so um, yeah then but then then after that and then you know sort of i couldn't pass a pork butcher without you know buying sausage rolls and pork scratchings and that sort of stuff um, but no, it's just good to be back close to my family and yeah, uh, yeah. It's the main reason, really. uh yeah. My kids are close to grandparents and stuff like that. That's great. But well, you know, anyway, yeah. Well, yeah. So it's it's time to come back.
1: Yeah. If so, uh one of the I have uh, three questions. So we got one of them. We went on a, wow. a long. We went down a long <laughs> rabbit hole for that. Uh, that favorite book. I was going to ask you about your favorite movie too, because I know you like movies.
2: Oh, favorite movie. Ooh. I mean, there's one... Uh, what? There's that recruitment movie, isn't it? With Sexy Beast. I, I did enjoy that,
1: yeah. I, I watched Sexy Beast again this year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I hadn't seen it in ages. I was, I was rolling. It was so good. I yeah. Kingsley it's, is awesome.
2: It's brilliant. It's so well-written, yeah. It's like poetry, isn't it? Uh, the way it's sort of got the rhythm of the the way they say the words, and yeah, that would be, um, that would be up there, I think, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I was watching a, a, a Shakespeare, um, I forgot what Shakespeare I was reading, watching and Ben Kingsley was in it. And so that kind of, I thought, oh, he was really good in this, I, but I think Sexy Beast was uh, so good. He's just such a, a fantastic actor. One, one of the questions I was gonna ask you is uh, if you could invite anyone to lunch, Living or dead? Who would you invite?
2: <laughs> uh, I'll probably invite my um, late grandparents. I think, yeah, I'll probably do that. The yeah, like if you can have more than one, can you? Sure, you can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's our imagination. We can do whatever the hell we want. Uh, yeah, whatever those voices let you say.
2: Yeah, I'd probably do that. I'd just it'd be like remind remind myself over you know the old Christmas lunches and things like that or Christmas oh, yeah. dinners that we used to have. And um yeah, we went up to the cemetery last week and put some of the flowers on the grave and things. So it'd be yeah. good to like have a you know another lunch session with them and listen to um you know how they used to interact with each other and yeah, my grandfather used to my grandma we would just like rattle on and on and on about what she had for lunch in Sardinia in 1975 on holiday and my yeah. grandfather said, shut up, Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> Enough spaghetti. We had, like, pasta. So you just listening to those arguments sort of, uh you know, sort of bickering that just uh, was fun. Then, yeah, my other grandparents were like, um, yeah, just, right, real characters, yeah. So that would be fun. That would be a beautiful thing to do, yeah.
1: It's a, what did they have? You mentioned the, the holiday meals. What did they have for food?
2: Maybe, I'd have, I remember going to London. Um, I think I came, that would be just before I left England. And then we sat in this beautiful park, St. James's Park. Yep. And um, they were in London for the day or something like that. So I was living there. So I, came, I met them, spent a the day with them. And then it was so funny. They would just have a conversation with me at exactly the same time. So one was in, on a park bench, one was on my right ear, one was on my left ear, and they would just talk at the same <laughs> time about totally different subjects. I was sort of like going from side to side. Yeah, and then just sort of – but they loved each other. anyway. They um, they would bicker and, um, you know, all the rest of it. But they, they loved each other. They were very close and stuff like that, just funny characters, yeah.
1: Do you find – and this is an age thing, because I know my parents, when I talk to them now – they'll sometimes do that. But what's more scary is I find that my missus and I do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're talking the same time.
2: I mean, I, I've, as you as I um I'm very aware of that being judgmental these days, <laughs> very careful, because, um, yeah. Because they, I, again, I didn't realize this It's like projecting, isn't it? You project onto other people what you actually is going on inside of you.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I read a book about that last week and I was realizing, you know, the things that you don't like with other people are really what's going on inside of you. And that gets to be disturbing sometimes.
2: Yeah. And it can be very small things, right. And you just, uh, you've got to be careful. Like my, my son will sometimes, you know, put his shoes on and then he just put them on, right. He don't he just slips them on, but the heels are down. Yeah. And then, um, then I'm sure in the past I said, oh, come on, Joe, put your shoes on properly, you know. And then probably before, you know, it may have irritated me at some time in my life. But then um, but then I do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you, you know, I'll just go out and it's, oh, I can't be bothered to go to the garage or, you know. So it's a small example, but you've got to be very, I'm, I'm more aware of that as well these days that, so, you know, be careful what I'm judging other people on because, you know, 20 minutes later i, I could I could almost certainly end up doing the same thing so it's often better not to say anything <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm trying to get better at that what yeah. uh, so uh third question for you is uh what uh, and i'm gonna ask this but i i'm gonna ask what is your favorite lunch but i also know that you went months and months eating sushi when you were in the office i remember uh, that maybe
2: Did I really? Pro- oh sounds the sort of thing i would do yeah the um yeah, was it variety is the spice of life? Not, not in my will. <laughs> uh, um, well, if, I, I always sort of say if I was on, um, which I hopefully never will be on death row, I would, um, and you had the last meal, I would probably go for a, like um, bacon sandwich. Yeah. Oh. Which a, a white bread and um, like potentially a lot of it. So I could enjoy my last meal with um, brown sauce sort of squeeze the bread down so it's all tight and stuff like that so that would probably be my favorite snack or meal yeah if you know it's on very unhealthy isn't it?
1: it it sounds wonderful
2: yeah it sounds i mean yeah pig i mean you wouldn't really eat a pig when you sort saw, you saw it in a field would you yeah but um but it, you it, put it, brown
1: it's, sauce on it it's <laughs> <why>? <laughs> <laughs> i I've just i was thinking these questions up and i was thinking how how important you made lunch for me in my world that i i probably named the the podcast barefoot lunch just because you made lunch is so important part of our business when we were uh,
2: uh back having, in the wall street days uh, yeah. and candidates yeah mm. so yeah what- it's, it's-
1: so so for your work-wise let's let's jump into that a little bit what what are you doing nowadays i I saw you're doing ai recruiter and some investing and
2: yeah so um so it's going back to um what was sort of touched on before so we had like good success at wall street and the company was bought and then um i sort of stayed for a couple two and a half years but then Again, I didn't know I was doing it at the time. Now it's clearer. But then um, it wasn't enough for me. Yeah. It, it it was enough. I You know, I had enough. But then um, inside of me, it was more, uh, I need more. Um, so I started investing in lots of various companies. Some of them good. Some okay. Some not great. And then... Um, so, from having a simple life, have a very complicated life. We've invested in like maybe fifteen companies, and then a lot of them are private. So, um, you know, the only way you can get your money back generally is if someone buys them. So, um, so now, um, then, but then I've been successful in getting out. Some some have been bought. Some management buy me out, and then some of them. Um, um I'm sort of on the border, for example. Yeah. Mm. So because a lot of them were startups, so now they're more mature, five to eight years old, or five years old, and then five to whatever plus years old. So mm. I'm on the board of some of them. I'll try and where I can add value. Yeah. Nice. Hopefully work towards um, you know, some sort of exits one day where I can go back to uh, you know, I'm, i just want a sort of simple life. Yeah. So it takes um that takes some time. Then the AI recruiter is something that uh, I've been working on with a guy in Malaysia, a tech guy. We um, we um, just signed up our first customers about a month ago. Oh, really? Congrats. Yeah. So, yeah, it's tough. Startups are tough. You, yeah. you forget, right? Like we started together, right, in Wall Street, virtually together. Like you joined, I think, 2001. Yep. That's right. Then um so we'd only been going about a year. It's tough. But you but you can forget that how difficult it is. Because mm-hmm. at the end, when you've got all the systems in place and good people and you know it becomes more of a machine, yeah. It's of like you've you've got like um, really the problems are not really problems They're like whereas when you're starting up, you know, signing up your first clients. Trying to hire the best people when you've only got three or four people, you know, it's it's a challenge. Yeah, it's very difficult. You can it's, have
1: your it's... best day and your worst day on the same day.
2: Correct. Right. Yeah. yeah. I am. Always remember one thing you said to me was on the good day, you said, um, because I'm sure I, I did the opposite <laughs> of what you said was um when anyone makes a placement, do not criticize them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I got I got a bollocking for something I deserved, I'm sure. And I said, I made a placement today. Yeah, don't do it.
2: No, but when you said that, I, I I listened, and it made sense. I remember once you told me that, I never did that ever again. Yeah, I thought, yeah, that's very good feedback. Yeah, I,
1: I I've been looking at uh, some recruitment in the UK and and Europe is just so much different. What do you, from your point of view, what's the future of recruitment? Do you think?
2: Hopefully, uh, AI. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, I mean the the reason I, I was I'm keen on I'm interested in AI. Um, so basically, AI meaning you use chatbots yeah. to um, take over the repetitive conversations that you would have as a recruiter. So a lot of the conversations um, are um, getting information. You know, yeah. we, we we met a candidate for the first time we would probably spend you know 10 to 10 minutes at least getting basic information right. getting personal information qualifications this and that um was it would be much better if someone else could do that and then efficiently and then you spend more time actually trying to find that person the job find out why they want to leave and what they're interested in and match the job that's much more productive isn't it yeah yeah, or, or just building a relationship with them talking about what you've got in common so the ai so our ai is built on top of uh, ibm watson so it's sort of
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know that you can sort of train through machine learning train the bot to have a conversation um but then it's just like a new hire once we hire a researcher you train them to say okay ask these these questions and if they say this say that if they say no we'll try and persuade them to give you that information right for example you know we've asked candidates where they interviewed and a lot of people would struggle to death we we don't struggle to do that but an inexperienced recruiter would mm. you sort of train them to say um come over a rebuttal whereas with the bot um you know it will it will you can see the responses from a candidate and then, you know, you may get a 6% strike rate and then you tweak it and then you get an 8% strike rate. So, Mm. okay, then, so you can keep tweaking and tweaking until, you know, you get like a 50% strike rate or the maximum you could get. So that's what sort of excites me about it. Because what most people like use, I WhatsApp now. A lot of people don't even, even like our friends, we would like WhatsApp rather than call or oh, what's up before you call right Good.
1: yeah it's rude if you don't uh, text them before you call right
2: uh, yeah it seems to be doesn't it yeah so um i think we're in the right space it's just a matter of like there's nobody really doing what we're doing mm. so it's like we're going into an area with three competitors and saying okay this is how we're different yeah we're going to an area where nobody's really doing it some people are doing uh, chat for corporates or RPOs, but nobody's really doing it for agencies like we are. So you have to educate the market and then they have to find the budget from, um, you know, somewhere that they've not, you know, not allocate the budget before. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a matter of time before it will, I think I'm, I'm very confident. It's a good, it's a good idea. Yeah. Just have to be patient and keep at it. Yeah. Like I said, it's, Long-term, like these short-term investments uh, never work for me ever, ever. Like, yeah, these get-rich-quick schemes, uh, I always lost my money, always. Uh, um, um, Whereas the the things that, you know, slow, steady investments, they generally pay off much Mm. more than, yeah, so I'm in it for the long-term, yeah.
1: That's awesome. How about, uh, I see the horse behind you, and uh, what are you doing with your horses these days?
2: Uh, Very little. um, I'm not involved with any anymore. Really? uh, Because in Singapore, I was, I think at one stage I had, I was involved with six horses. Wow. Um, Most of the time it's 20% each and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think one day I said to the trainer, oh, wow, I've got six horses to you. And he said, no, no, you've got (laughs) 1.3. You know, because when you add the fractions up, it's not... Not I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Singapore, the prize money was so good they sort of pay for themselves. Okay. Then um but one thing I found as well, um the last time I went horse racing there was April uh, twenty twenty. And the horse we had this horse, um I ironically called um, uh Paxanimi, meaning uh, peace of mind. Uh-huh. And then um in Latin. Um, then the horse, we really fancied it for this big race. And then, um, it, it, it went, um, the jockey basically made a mistake and then, um, made a bad decision and the horse ended up being tracked and, um, you know, you know uh, didn't do very well. Then at the end of the race, I was so annoyed with the jockey. Um, it was the opposite of peace of mind, you know, whatever the opposite of peace of mind is, that's what I felt for about five minutes. Then, um, then later on, I sort of was thinking to myself, you know, I should be doing this because I enjoy it, you know. It's a passive be enjoying. I shouldn't be doing something where I'm getting super irritated, you know. So it's sort of it's I was sort of thinking this anyway, but again, it's um, – well, going back to what we said earlier, it's that suffering thing. Sometimes you need to suffer yeah. to wake yourself up go, oh, hold on a minute, why am I actually doing this, you know, you know am i doing this am i really enjoying this or am i doing it because um i've just done it i've been doing it so i'm carrying on doing it you know i'm in that pattern of doing it so that was a sort of wake-up call i said hold on a minute i just if i'm not enjoying it let's just get out of it so and then slowly i did yeah.
1: okay so you're doing marathons and uh what marathon did you run last week
2: uh, i ran the beachy head marathon in eastbourne it was um I really, really enjoyed it. It was, I think, 1,300 meters elevation overall. Wow. It's very hilly. Yeah. Um, but again, with the, um, you got the pain follows by the, when you go up, what goes up, what comes down, doesn't it? So you can <laughs> run down the hills.
1: <laughs> I, I was writing about, you know, I got a blog I'm putting together about fun and you, you got to have fun with what you're doing. And yeah. I know when I'm on the starting line, I and the adrenaline's pumping, and you could you can smell you know the other athletes with the, the 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 wipe that they have on there, and it's so much fun. And you get into that you know that uh, running high and ten k, you're in a rhythm. But around thirty six kilometers, I just want someone to jump out to the audience and shoot me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it finally gets fun around forty one k again. But uh...
2: yeah, this was um. It's like doing things with other people, isn't it? That's what life's all about. I I ran with my friend's brother, um, just not by accident, really. We just ran together, and then we stayed together and chatted. The experience was um, a lot better because I was with him. Yeah. Talking, and then you sort of like, I was chatting and chatting. I was thinking, don't look at your watch, you know, because try and hold out as long as possible because you don't want to know how long there is to go um but on that subject yeah i did the um half ironman in sydney and then on the bike mm. uh, i was 45k in yeah i was certified. i was for this is the voice in the head um my voice in my head was saying uh crash <laughs> you know on purpose yeah um or just crash on purpose, then you know you. Then you can that would be your excuse not to
1: continue. <laughs> is that a is that a sign that maybe you shouldn't be doing something then at that point?
2: <laughs> no, but then but then uh, again, uh, it goes it, away. Every, everything passes, and then one kilometer later, I got a sort of second wind. Then after the race, um I was with Eddie, the guy I did it with. You know, and then yeah, yeah. I was talking to him about it. He said, "Oh yeah, when did you take your gels?" And I was like, "Oh gel." Yeah. What? oh i was supposed to take gel. No, you didn't take it you didn't take it in the whole race no i just had some water then like, oh okay maybe that was why you felt quite tired
1: that's quite impressive then if you're burning without uh burning without gels i'm yeah, old school i'm looking forward to getting back out to a race i haven't uh done a race in a while so before we go i there's one thing your bacon sandwich made me think of this
2: Oh, there you go. <gasps> oh, I,
1: I, ah. I needed to get that on there somewhere.
2: Yeah, you may want to, uh, if this is not on video, you may want to explain what you just did. There. <laughs> 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 just, just, you just leave like, it. Just squeeze the plastic
0: pig.
1: Anyway. Uh, a, gold, a golden plastic pig. <laughs> <no>. Well, thank you, sir. It's been great catching up. Thank you for joining me in this wonderful interview with Nick Johnston. Hope you've enjoyed this barefoot lunch. Please make sure to give us a like on whatever platform you happen to be listening to your podcasts on and share with others. We also look forward to hearing any comments uh, that you would share again we'll leave you with a bit of tony bennett to put a smile on your face and make it a beautiful life have a great barefoot lunch
0: are gonna clear up Put on a happy face Brush off the clouds and cheer up Put on a happy face And if you feel him cross and bakerish, Don't sit and whine Think of banana splits and licorice And you'll feel fine I knew a girl so glued Never laugh or sing she wouldn't listen to me now she's a mean old thing so spread sunshine on Come on, but we smile, it's your birthday.